And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. For the second week in a row, we're coming to you patrons kind of late. I apologize for that. Uh, the big topic for this week was, of course, Matt and I were going to talk about the Black Panther movie. I didn't see it till today, but on the upside, I saw it only a couple hours ago, so the movie's nice and fresh in my mind for when we talk about it. That's good, because it's still fresh in my mind, but it'll definitely be fresher than yours. There you go. I, I, I caught a matinee today on a Monday, which I'm sure some people are like, well, that's strange. It's because it's family day here today in Canada, which is a holiday that our government just kind of pulled out of their ass in my lifetime. And now <laughs> it takes everyone by surprise in the month of February. It's like, oh, fuck. Why is the grocery store closed? Why is the post office closed? Ah, family day, of course. <laughs> I, I like that governments can just do that where it's like, and today will be a holiday because we've decided so. <laughs> it's pretty great. I think every place has one of those. Like, isn't it, I think it might be like President's Day in the States right now. I don't know if it is or it mm -hmm. isn't. Is, is that I'm like pretty sure it is. Uh, is that a day off, everyone? Do you get President's Day off or is it just like a day? I have no idea. One of the fun things about uh, Family Day is people arguing about who gets Family Day off and who doesn't because it's like <laughs> it is a recognized holiday, but because they just throw it slap dab in the middle of February, it's like, well, I guess I have to work today. <laughs> so, so freaking weird. So how's your week been, Matt? I've been very, very busy. Very busy. Yeah. It's uh, that time of year. It is. It's that time of the year. It's in comics as well as like my other job and everything it's been pretty hectic week and it's going to get even busier i was so stressed this week i tore my beard out if you can't tell <laughs> yeah, one hair follicle at a time one at a time it was one of those no no at christmas i got like one of those fancy schmancy like beard trimmer things where you can like style it and everything and mm -hmm. I realized I hadn't used it since September. I hadn't taken it out of the package. So I'm like, oh, I'll do a little bit here. Yeah, I'll do a little bit there. And I'll do a little <laughs> bit like, ah, fuck, it's uneven. Well, now I guess I got to, you know, cut it all off and start from scratch. So that's what I did. Uh, don't you hate when you do that? When you, like, nick a little bit and it's like a, a big, like, clean patch. And you're like, oh, now I've got to shave the whole thing. I'm so used to doing so much editing online. I'm like, undo, undo, change, undo, change, go back, undo. <laughs> ah, there's no undoing this. Yeah, yeah control Z, control Z. I guess I'm just stuck with it. But I'm actually thinking I'm going to challenge myself. Because if you can't tell, I've got, like, really soft baby skin. I'm going to challenge myself for the next couple months to see how big and hobo-y I can get the beard before I cut <laughs> it again. So that's That'd my challenge. <laughs> I feel I feel like that should be, like, some sort of stretch goal for, like, 20,000 subscribers or 100 episodes. Like, I will grow a beard and I will not shave it until we hit 100 episodes or 20,000 subscribers, <laughs> whatever happens. Yes, it'll be called the Jason Aaron Challenge. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's good. Oh, fuck. That's really good, Matt. We should do that for, like, charity one year. <laughs> and be like, hey, Jason Aaron, we're doing this in honor of you. What do you think, sir? <laughs> be like, it's okay. What, what beard oils would you recommend? <laughs> no, no. We got to make it, like, some kind of, like, a hashtag protest. Like, Matt and I and the entire comic multiverse universe will grow our beards until Jason Aaron writes Avengers. <laughs> we won't stop growing our beards until he does this book we want. <laughs> and everyone's like, that's not bad. That's all right. <laughs> 
It, it's like, I'm glad you guys didn't go with a hunger strike. Yeah, I, I could not go in two weeks with a hunger strike, let alone... No, no. ...how long it would take. But, uh, yeah, believe it or not, we actually do have some news, everybody. And, of course, the tail end of the show will be dedicated to doing a big spoiler cast on Black Panther. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, although judging by the box office take, I get the feeling <laughs> you've probably seen it by now... Uh, yeah. you know, be sure to save this show for later and come back because we will be spoiling everything. But heck, I guess because I brought it up, let's make that our first story. So Black Panther's just fucking killing it at the box office right now. It it's projected at the end of this four day weekend in America to make something like two hundred and thirty million or something, wow. which is just insane. Because when you look at it, it that's two million more than what Justice League made in its entire domestic run. Whew. Ooh. You mean to it tell made me, in four days. So so let's get this straight, everybody. General audiences would rather see Black Panther than they would all of the DC heroes together. Yep. Yep. Man, if you worked for Warner Brothers right now, I bet they're they're pulling out the cat of nine tails and they're like, okay, who's coming for flagellation? There will be punishment for this. <laughs> you bastards. Uh, also, too, it's like the biggest opening for any movie in February either, which isn't hard to believe. No. February is usually a dumping ground for stuff that the studio didn't want, February and January. In fact, the only the only competition it had when I went to go see it today, you want to know what the only two movies were playing next to it? What's that? Uh, Peter Rabbit, that thing with fucking Hux in it, General Hux. Yeah. Uh, and that sequel to Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Which, man, that was an interesting lineup because I went on family day. So just like big, huge line of families. And I'm like, oh, God, I hope they don't all want to go see Black Panther. I need to go see this for work. Peter Rabbit filled up so quick they were turning families away. Oh, wow. Ah, they were turning families away from my theater. And on one hand, I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, families. But then on the other hand, I'm like, whoa, 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 wait. You have your whole family with you. Nice day at the movies. And you're not going to go and try and see Black Panther? What are you, racist? <laughs> what, what, an animated rabbit is just fine for your children, but a noble warrior king is not? <laughs> Oh, I see how it is. I see. Well, you know, here's the fucked up part. So, like, I live in a podunk, white bread, small northern town. So the chances, like, 50-50 actually is the fucked up part. We, we have one black family in my town. And they are known as that family because it's just one. And I think uh, was I think they were all in the theater for this one showing. <laughs> but they seem to enjoy themselves, and that's the important thing. That's the important thing. That's the really important thing right there. But yeah, uh, so apparently as it stands right now, and I pulled up the numbers while we're talking, Black Panther is sandwiched right between the first two Avengers movies for actual take. That's amazing. That's pretty damn good. That's super unexpected. That's like, that means it's like in top five highest grossing blockbusters of all time. Yeah, it's it's up there, yeah. Not bad for first at bat, and I mean, man... Uh, Kugler, the director, must be on cloud nine where he's like, oh, oh, who, who, who breathed fresh life into the Rocky movies? Me. Who, who made a brand new, like, triple star superhero movie? Me. Uh, the office must be rolling in for him. Oh, God, I bet. Hey, hey, you know that scene that was kind of like James Bond? How would you like to direct the next James Bond? 
Dude, I'd love it. Yeah. I'd love him to do one. Hey, you know all those dogfight scenes that were kind of like Star Wars? Well, we're doing lots of new Star Wars. <laughs> Would you like a Star Wars? They just pull out a suitcase that says Star Wars on it. Here, pick a Star Wars. We have many Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick a Star Wars. Just pick a Star Wars. It's, it's a big fishbowl with like things in it. Here, pick, pick one out of the fishbowl. <laughs> Maybe you'll get a good one. Okay, come on, you just, you just know... Disney went to him and they're like, hey, we really love what you did with Black Panther. We hope you become a big part of the Avengers family. But if we were to say the words Mace Windu to you, <laughs> is that a yes? Is that a no? <laughs> is it a thing? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Purple lightsabers. What can you do with that? Anything? Yeah. yeah. Alien sane motherfucker. Yeah, anything at all. Because you see, we're going to try and make a movie out of every minor Star Wars character. Or maybe or maybe they will. They'll see how Solo goes and we'll take it from there. <laughs> but yeah, so that, uh, that was the take. But uh, yeah, our first actual news story here. Uh, so this week, I didn't read it, Matt. Maybe you did. But that new kick-ass book from Mark Millar came out. I didn't read it, no. I haven't read Kick-Ass since, like, it was originally, like, the original stuff. You know, neither have I. I think Kick-Ass Mania hit a point with, like, that first movie. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then it just kind of ebbed, but, like, no one told Mark Millar that. And he's like, no, 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 they're going to make sequels to it eventually. Yeah, yeah, and he, yeah, he just seemed to keep going and going and going. Mark Millar's like, look, I have all these script treatments for future sequels and rebooted sequels <laughs> that I'm turning into comics because this is how I write things now. <laughs> look, I, I don't care if the world's not ready for a new kick-ass. Mark Millar is ready for a new kick-ass. <laughs> but yeah, issue one came out this week. I passed it in the, uh, in the store, and I'm like, oh, hey, young black female kick-ass. That's cool. And then just kept walking. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much my reaction to it as well. I'm like, I have all these Dark Knights books I need to cover, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I wish I had more time for indie, and in fact, I might bring back Eye on Indie, and I might talk about that now that I stop and think about it. But yeah, so that's a new thing that's coming out. He's also writing a new Hit Girl book, but it's also been announced that issue 5 of this new Hit Girl series is going to be helmed by Jeff Lemire, actually. Cool, cool. Yeah. I like Jeff Lemire. I like Hit Girl. Seems like a good fit. This story's even more interesting because apparently Mark Millar had promised this next arc to Kevin Smith. <laughs> to which in my mind, I'm like, what would the Kevin Smith version of that look like? Also, hasn't Kevin Smith like not written comics in a very long time? A very long time, yeah. He had a Daredevil run and that was about it. Yeah, he did some Green Arrow and... That's it, basically. Yeah. He had some Daredevil, he had some Green Arrow. I like his Green Arrow run as a Green Arrow fan. Quiver's pretty fun. Yeah, it is. It, it brought Oliver Queen back. It brought, it brought my favorite guy back. So, I mean, what's well, what's not to complain <laughs> about? But, yeah, good good on Jeff Lemire. I'd like to see Canadians get more work, because if Canadians get more work, I'll hopefully get more work. <laughs> good good things, these Canucks, they'll say. Let's give them more jobs. Let's, let's look up that Joel fella and see what he's doing. <laughs> uh but yes so uh that's that's one thing another thing because we were just joking about star wars and potential projects here for uh for coogler well apparently as part of the whole solo movie that's <laughs> rolling out no surprise to anybody lando is going to be getting his own comic series 
and he's going to look yes, just like the actor. His uh, his second comic series under the Marvel banner. That's right. Um, but yeah, this looks to be just like a tie-in to uh, Solo. And I have no idea what it is because I don't think we know who's writing, who's no. on art, or anything yet. We just know it's going to happen. Yeah. They're like, look, we we get the feeling this will make a lot of money. And <sighs> even though, like, some people went away from the solo trailer, you know, some were kind of happy about it, some were kind of negative about it. Everyone liked Lando, though. Yes, everyone did love Lando. Everyone and for good him. reason. They did, because they got a great actor, it's a great role. I think people just like Lando because Lando's cool as shit. And heck, Lando yeah. was on Rebels, uh, so like they actually have been able to tell some really good stories with Lando. Yeah, yeah, and I'm wondering if maybe this is going to be just like a mini-series like they've had. Uh, I don't think it's going to be an ongoing. No, I don't think um, so. But yeah, they've been really good with like their their one shots. They just released last week the Thrawn one shot. Oh, uh, not one shot. Idea. It's like a mini series, but it's really good. I gotta pick that up. The cover looks great because he's all like unkempt and dirty, and his hair is all long and everything. It's like, man, this guy got put through the ringer somehow. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's about his origins. Oh. And how he's yeah. how they found him and everything. That's fucking... I, I want to read that story. I want to know everything about that. And it's perfect because it hits right around the same time Star Wars Rebels comes back on TV where Thrawn is the villain. Rebels came back tonight. Did it come back? Okay, shit. So I know what I'm going to do when this is all done. <laughs> it's it's actually been a really good time for animation because Cartoon Network and TBS and all these other networks are coming out with like their pilots and like their teasers for like what's going to be coming in the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I watched one from TBS just recently. TBS has been dumping a lot of money into new animated projects recently. I think ever since they bought American Dad out from under Fox. But it's called Final Space. Have you seen anything about this? I haven't, no. You would probably dig it. It's a very kind of like Star Trekian, like, you know, uh, sci-fi adventure tale about this dude named Gary. He's a total screw-up idiot who one day dresses up in the uniform of, like, the big galactic military to try and impress a woman. He ends up getting sent to jail on a mining ship for five <laughs> years. And, like, he's like, oh, I'm the captain of this ship because he's gone insane, even though there's, like, a HAL 9000 AI going, like, you're not the captain, idiot. You're, you're, you're a criminal. <laughs> this is a jail cell. And he ends up finding this alien that, like, an evil overlord is after, and then he meets a bunch of bounty hunters who join forces with him. It's funny... But it also has, like, really solid action in it, and, like, there's clearly going to be a story attached to it. That sounds cool. I might give that a look. Yeah, you would dig it. I think in the age of the Orville, it'll do very well. The animation style is nice, too. Very very clean, very, like, you know, uh, very science fiction-y. I get the distinct feeling this show was greenlit after the success of Rick and Morty. They, like, looked through the pitch pile, and they're like, okay, science fiction comedies that have more going on under the hood. Ha-ha! <laughs> We'll yeah. do this. Uh, this has been here for 10 years. Yeah, well, it happens in animation. It's even funnier, too, because it's also like a mystery series, because like the first two episodes they put out, the guy's floating around in space, and it's like, oh, you only have nine minutes of oxygen left. And like for those minutes, he's remembering something that happened in the past, and we don't know how he got into this life or death situation. So it's like a whole series working backwards, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. 
Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Yeah, go go check out uh, Final Space, everyone. I've been man, <clears throat> you'd swear TBS gave me money to talk about this shit because I talked because <laughs> I talked about how much I like Tarantula, that trippy stoner forest Gump show that they had done before that. Where I'm like, look, the first nine episodes aren't that laugh out loud funny, but they're funny weird. And man, episode ten made me feel terrible. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> man, man! If you want to watch nine episodes of Funny Strange, then get really depressed in a final episode. This is the show for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's the Star Wars news, everyone. Uh, next up, we have a piece of Marvel comic news here, and I don't think anyone was expecting to hear this. Jonathan Hickman's Shield series is finally getting a volume two and finally finishing. Cool! Awesome. I think this was long considered one of those books where it's like, well, this is just never going to end, huh? Yeah, I remember I, I was reading it and, yeah, it got to that point where I'm like, yeah, we're never going to find out what happens at the end of this. But apparently we are. Yeah, the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. series, for those of you who don't know, was kind of like Jonathan <clears throat> Hickman going back and writing the secret history of the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization. Like, he goes back to, like, Benjamin Franklin and the Freemasons and the dawn of the universe and everything. And it's very, yeah. very involved, very complex, very layered. And no one ever thought it would be done. No, no, yeah, it just kind of, like, disappeared shortly after, like, he sort of disappeared from Marvel. And they yeah, never resurfaced until now. Which you gotta wonder, what's the deal with that? It's like, what the fuck took you so long to finish this? Yeah, well, may maybe he they had like most of it, but he hadn't written like like the la half last of half issue or something. Right. Um, so he had to like write it, but he's been busy with other stuff or something. Or I guess I mean he he made it sound like it had been done forever. Where he's like, yeah, they've had the scripts forever, they just haven't done anything with them. Yeah, well, maybe they thought this wasn't the right, there wasn't a, like a right time. I guess, and I mean Jonathan Hickman only did good by them. I mean it's been three years now, and we're still talking about how great Secret Wars was. Yeah, oh god, it was so good. It was so good. I mean, so good. Some people could argue it was like the last truly great comic book event. Yeah, pretty much. I yeah, mean, I really enjoyed Secret Empire, but that one was pretty divisive. We're enjoying Dark Knight's metal right now, but again, it's like, but where are we going with this? What are we doing with this? And again, is it, it's not really a universe-wide event so much as it kind of like Scott Snyder's pet project. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, Marvel are like doing obviously like No Surrender, mm -hmm. which is really cool at the moment, and they've got like the little, they got Infinity starting up very soon. Yes, which we read the Adam Strange tie-in for. Yeah, and I think the next one's like this coming week. Yeah. One has to wonder if they're finally releasing Hickman's book right now. Is this them trying to butter him up and being like, Hey, hey, Jonathan, you want to come write another thing for us, pretty please? Yeah, you want to come and fix the X-Men? Yeah, oh my god, Hickman's X-Men. <laughs> oh my god. Matt, don't fucking tease me like that. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Man, like that's... Dude, imagine they're like, Okay, hey, so you know what you did with the Avengers when we gave you new Avengers vanilla avengers and avengers world for like two and a half years to build up to secret wars and it was a slow burn but it was totally worth it here's all the x-men titles or at least two of them <laughs> that'd be pretty cool but also there's like there's there were like those rumors that like maybe he might be going to dc and I'd like to see, like, a DC Justice League from him. Dude, uh, I keep saying they keep <laughs> stopping and starting with JSA. Imagine Justice Society of America under Hickman. Oh, God, so good. 
he like it's like the JSA is like oh they're kind of a cool niche title and everything like yeah people sort of remember them but with Hickman it instantly becomes a must buy for everybody oh god he would do you such an amazing thing with those characters like like just like going back to like his shields his shield book if he could do something like that with the jsa oh so good he would probably write a really solid really comprehensive timeline of superheroes in the dc universe this is when they showed up this was world war ii this is when batman and superman and wonder woman showed up yeah oh that'd be so good that would be nice that would be really nice so yeah good good on all of them that sounds fun and hey, speaking of DC Comics, and we were, maybe you saw this one or maybe you missed it, uh, DC Comics has put out brand new social media guidelines for their creators and freelancers. Have you seen this? I did see it in passing, yes. <laughs> Jeez, I wonder why they're doing this all of a sudden. It's almost as if certain creators who shall rena- uh, remain nameless or creators who na- whose names rhyme with uh, Schmiethen Schman Schmeiber <laughs> told fans to kill themselves and then a bunch of people found a bunch of easily screen-cappable Nazi memes that the guy had posted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's literally what the guidelines break down to. Hey, don't tell fans to kill themselves, guys. Okay, can we agree? Can we agree to this? Yeah, just please be nice to the people that buy our work. Don't do, don't post Nazi memes where people can screen cap them. Better yet, don't post Nazi memes, period. <laughs> can we do that, maybe? And hey, also, you know, just if, if, you, if you just want to be a peach for a second, you know, maybe... Maybe don't spur on other freelance creators to spout off shit that you want to say. Maybe don't like try and <laughs> puppeteer from the background so you still kind of have plausible deniability, but it's really obvious what you're doing. Maybe don't do that, okay? <laughs> but again, we're not blaming any one person. It's it's a blanket thing for everybody. I mean, we could all use a little upkeep. It's not like we're zeroing in on one person. That'd be silly. <laughs> So that's that, everybody. <laughs> and I think we can all take away something from that. Yes, and it's don't post Nazi memes. Don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it. Uh, oh, now next up we have some Wolverine news, and this is actually pretty big. Uh, they're gearing up for, of course, the big return of Wolverine. And a lot of us were wondering, well, what book is that going to take place? And is he going to come back officially in Infinity? Because he's in all that promo art. We've been seeing all these Where's Logan things in the background of basically every comic we've been reading recently what what title is it going to take place over well apparently it's going to take place over like four different titles yeah like they're like four minis and usually usually i'd be like oh god all these tie-ins and everything but it's interesting how they've like structured them because each book is like a different genre it's not all the same and they put some pretty solid writers on it. Like, much like you, Matt, I'd be like, oh, God, four four books all dedicated to Wolverine coming back? Fuck me. But no, these all actually seem pretty solid, actually. There's uh, Weapon Lost from Charles Soule. And again, they don't they don't give much, uh, like, actual description on what these books are going to be. But you can gleam a fair amount from the titles. Uh, Weapon Lost seems to be a street-level book that's going to have Daredevil and Misty Knight in it. All right. Yeah, sounds pretty cool. I'm all about that. Maybe maybe Misty Knight gets hired as a detective to be like, okay, hunt hunt down Wolverine, actually find where he is. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. And hey, Daredevil, you got super good hearing, right? Can you can you like literally keep an ear out for Wolverine? <laughs> can, can you hear yeah. him? Yeah, can can you hear him? 
Can you zero in on the sounds of him going A and Bub and Snicked? Can you listen for those sounds? <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, the next one here we have, uh, I think Tom Taylor's writing this one, Adamantium Agenda. Yeah, and he it, he's got like a pretty interesting team. Very much so. We have Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and a return Tony Stark Iron Man in a very slick new suit. Yeah, yeah, he gets to write Iron Man again. His, his superior Iron Man was amazing. Yes. So I can't wait to see him write, like, normal Tony Stark and not one that's affected by some brain shit. Yeah, it's nice to see him go back to the well. I'm like, man, I just kind of like this team makeup in general. Again, it's yeah. kind of street level, but with, like, two Avengers-level heroes on top of it. And I'm like, I guess this has something to do with adamantium you know, is someone trying to, like, you know, make Iron Man armors out of adamantium? Because if so, that's pretty Oh, God. Cool. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. You, you got to assume somewhere in Stark's basement he has plans for that. It was like, oh, yeah, that was my adamantium armor. Had to stop working on that one halfway through. Yeah, he's got, like, one of them, a vibranium one. Oh, yeah. He's got the, he's got the Uru armor. Oh, of course he did. I'm sure, I'm sure, like... He's we got should... all the metals, all the minerals. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but I'm sure he has those somewhere and has had those in some book or some <laughs> else world. Yeah. I can hear the fans writing the comments right now. Well, actually, guys, in issue 644, <laughs> he totally did have an Uru armor. Or, like, in fear yeah. itself, he did. Yeah, we would have seen it already if Bendis had read something other than that Doctor Doom Iron Man team up, but we yeah. he he doesn't, so yeah. <laughs> Man, you know what's a total missed thing about that Bendis deal? Bendis's big uh like big revelation for the suit is like, oh, this is like the mock whatever suit, and its deal is is that it can actually incorporate pieces of armor from past Iron Man suits for like any job. And I'm like, yeah, well, that, that's probably been a wear around for a while. Yeah. He's like, okay, so, you know, now I can have the arm from the Heartbreaker suit, and I can have, you know, the leg from the space suit, and I'm like, that's cool. You stopped using that, like, not even halfway into Volume 2. That was a great idea you did nothing with. Yep. It's like Ben just thought, hey, you know, all these armors basically just work the same anyway, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, that seems like a pretty powerful suit that can literally change into other suits. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And nice for the artist, because he gets to draw whatever he wants, but no, we're just going to forget about that now. Yeah, yeah, we're just going to either have him not in the suit, or like, if he does, it's going to be pretty general. Yeah, yeah. Then we have Claws of a Killer, which has Sabretooth, uh, Lady Deathstrike, and Dokken on it, so basically some of his greatest foes and or people he has had complicated relationships. This is Mariko Tamako writing this, the woman who writes She-Hulk currently, which is a series mm -hmm. I wanted so bad to love. In fact, I did love it, and that's why it let me down when it didn't go anywhere. Because <laughs> the first arc is this really awesome story about Jen trying to deal with the PTSD following her cousin's death, and she's like not walking around as She-Hulk anymore. She's riding, uh, walking around as Jen, and she's afraid to Hulk out because she uh, she's afraid she won't have control. And I'm like, oh, that's a really smart idea because Jen's always had control, unlike Banner. That's a really smart idea. Then it just didn't go anywhere. And then she's like, ah, oh, now I'm just She-Hulk all the time now. Uh, okay, then. <laughs> I'm like, damn it, you almost had a really good idea, but you tripped at the finish line. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you pussied out. You pussied out at the... No, you know what it is? It's like, wow, this would be a great storyline for, like, a miniseries or for, like, yeah. or for like uh, an Elseworlds. But it's like, no, 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 no. You got to keep writing it after this. Oh, shit. 
so I guess I can't have her come to terms with anything right away, can I? Because I gotta keep writing it next month and the month after. Shit. Yeah, so she, so like when that book like maybe gets cancelled or something, she's got ah, I've got a final issue planned. That's yeah. what like, it'll be the end of that arc. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'll be really good when it's done. But yeah, I, I, I like her, and again, this is gonna be a mini series, so maybe this will be better. But yeah, apparently this is gonna be a horror series. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, sounds pretty cool. Makes sense with all like those type of characters. They're scary. I like that. I like the pitch for that. Uh, yeah. And lastly, we have Mystery in Madripoor. This one's going to be written by Jim Zub. Has a bunch of your favorite female X-Men and mutants on there. You got Psylocke and everything and Jubilee. And it's going to be in Madripoor, which is always a cool place to set your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's going to be a mystery of some variety. Sounds pretty cool. I wonder if they'll um, remember that uh, Jubilee has a child. Oh, yeah, that's right. Some writers remember and some writers forget. Yeah, there was like a big thing in like the first couple of Generation X issues. Mm. She had like this kid hanging off her hip every <laughs> every other page. So I wonder if they'll remember that. <laughs> to to give Bendis' X-Men run some credit, which I don't do very often, when he gave a shit, there was a great like future forward story where the X-Men traveled to the future and Jubilee met her kid, Shogo, all grown up and he became an iron man like hero himself called sentinel x who wore a sentinel <laughs> armor but he was a hero for mutant rights and i'm like that's cool that's pretty cool so even back then bendis was experimenting with like and who can i put in an iron man armor now <laughs> one day i'm gonna put dr doom in an iron man armor sure you will yeah. brian sure. yeah, he's got like this he's got like this big list of like who could go in an Iron Man armor, and it's got like like Thing and Johnny Storm. <laughs> oh man! Again, we're not going to talk about what we read this week because we're going to talk about Black Panther. But we should mention this before we move on. Did you read Marvel Two and One this week? I did. Yes. I I love that he goes to a thinker, the you know longtime Fantastic Four villain, like premiered in issue fifteen, and he's like, "Hey, Julius, stop trying to look for Mister Fantastic." You're a dumbass. You're not smart enough to, you know, follow in our footsteps of super smart, cool people like us. <laughs> I'm Iron Man now. Fuck you, bye. To which Thinker's like, ah, oh, I hate that doom so much. But you know what? He's on to something, though, dressing up as Iron Man. You know what? I'm not happy with my lot in life. I'm just going to cut my hair and be like, I'm the new Reed Richards now. <laughs> yeah, I'm Reed Richards now. <laughs> which, to his credit, I'm like, yeah, you kind of look like Reed Richards. You look like, you know, Reed Richards on a crack bender. You look like Reed Richards <laughs> if he was sleep deprived and kept in the dark for too long. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, clean yourself up and you could probably pass off as Reed. <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny. I'm sure somewhere the maker is like, but, but, but I was Reed Richards of the Ultimate <laughs> Universe. I'm already a villain. Why does no one remember me? Why does no one want to write for me? Yeah, for good reason. I was, I was one of the most interesting things about Secret Wars. Remember, I was one of the few Ultimate characters who made it. But then, but then I just wasn't in anything. I, I messed with the New Avengers and then nothing. And then they teased that I was going to be the villain in Infamous Iron Man because I was on the cover. But then Ben just was like, nah, fucking with you. It was actually the devil. Yeah. Remember now, that? Yeah. Can I put the devil in the Iron Man armor? <laughs> sure, whatever. Oh, Mephisto in Iron Man armor. Oh, just going around being like, I have a deal to make. Give me your marriage or I'll shoot you with a repulsor blast. <laughs> it's a missed opportunity there, Bendis. Ah, oh, 
See, he's uh, is he going to put Superman in an Iron Man armor? <laughs> give it time and probably. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find a way to have his powers go away and he might have to wear like some solar suit or something. <laughs> Did you did you hear too? Jurgens is saying that for the end of his run, you know, it's going to be the big oh death of Lex Luthor. I did, I did see that they were ending like Action Comics and Superman in like two specials. Yeah, in May, Which and um, good. yeah, one one's got, looks to be the death of Lex Luthor. I imagine it's the death, like the death of the good lex luther yes it has to be and, and the evil one comes back yeah it has to be a figurative death because if you haven't yeah. noticed he's in doomsday clock which is in the future and he's going to be in justice league no justice so yeah <laughs> so yes it's gonna definitely be a metaphorical death not a literal one <laughs> which in its own way that's kind of sad because good guy lex had a good run he did it was a really cool character that made him a bit more complex from, like, forever evil onward, he actually had a hell of an arc. Mm, yeah. To joining the Justice League, to helping out Superman. But hey, I mean, I guess the status quo must always be returned to. I hope they find a good reason for him to go bad. Yeah, I hope so too. They they seek to imply that, you know, he was just kind of heartbroken. That, for, you know, for all the good he does and all the times he saves the day, Superman, the nicest, bestest guy in the world, will still never trust him. Yeah, yeah, that seems to be where they might be going with it. And that is admittedly pretty disheartening at the end of the day, where it's like, but Superman loves everyone. Superman gives second chances to everyone, but not me, though. Yeah. Aw. That'd, that'd be cool. That'd be a cool story. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, Lex. That's that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that is dog rough, is what that is. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> but hey, apparently you're also still wearing... The purple S on you, though, in Justice League No Justice, even though you shouldn't be, it should be an L. I have no idea. I think that might have just been, like, art to say, this is Lex Luthor, and this is how he is at the moment. Right, that might have been a fuck-up. That might have been like, oh, crap, is it too late to go back and change the S's to L's? <laughs> gotta go, gotta spend my whole weekend changing S's <laughs> to L's. <laughs> this is my job. <laughs> Couldn't, couldn't get a nice, cushy advertising job. No, no, no. I wanted to make art for comics. <laughs> that's, that's way too real for all the artists out there. <laughs> but yes, and with that, everyone, about 30 minutes in, we're going to officially switch on over to talk about Black Panther, give our thoughts, give our reactions to it. Again, if you haven't seen the movie yet and you don't want it spoiled, be sure to save this episode and come back later. But if not, we are going to go now. Now, now, I'll let you go first since it's so fresh in your mind. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what I was really expecting to see going into Black Panther. I mean, I, I think we, the thing about Marvel movies is we expect a certain level of quality, and they either, you know, exceed it, really exceed it, or just match it, mostly. I don't think, like, outside, like, maybe Iron Man 2 and The Dark World, and even then, those are kind of, like, more retrospective, being like, eh, you know, those ones weren't as good as the others. But, man, you know, I was not prepared for the places Black Panther actually goes, the things they say, the totally different flavor of presentation and cinematography that they have on display there. Man, yeah. Coogler's a talented dude. Yeah, yeah, with that and, like, the people he surrounds himself with in terms of, like, the talent on screen and off screen. Oh, yeah. As well as just, like, world class. Definitely. I... I give him a massive amount of credit 
for not sticking to a single genre because that is very true of Black Panther as a character. He's a superhero. He's a warrior. He's a king. He's a politician. He's a religious leader. He's literally <laughs> all things to all people. And it's like Coogler said to himself, hmm, I could make just a superhero movie or because I've got Disney money, I could also make a James Bond movie. And a Star yeah. Wars movie, and a Lord of the Rings movie at some point too. I, I'm just gonna put every genre in this and just rock <laughs> it. Yeah, and it all works. You, usually, you might it might suffer from like tonal shifts because of that, with changing the different genres and everything. But it doesn't. Yeah, it it really doesn't. Uh, I mean, the the thing you know when you discuss about Marvel, people always bring up the humor. Yes, Black Panther is funny. But it's not, like, Thor Ragnarok funny. It's not joke-a-minute funny. Like, there's definitely funny characters. Umbaka, of all people, actually yes. becomes the comedy. <laughs> the, the, the frickin' man-ape, who in the comics is a one-note villain, they make him the funniest guy. Oh, my God. I'm so glad he's back for Infinity War, and I hope he's back for, like, some other stuff as well, because I want that, act that actor Winston Duke to be in more. He is so good. He's really good. This is, like, a star, if not a star-making role, at least a hey-take-note-of-that guy. He's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. They also do an excellent job giving the entire origin of Wakanda in, like, under three minutes in the beginning. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I said in this in my review. They had to like balance like they had to introduce Wakanda, its people, traditions, uh, all these other characters we hadn't seen before outside of T'Challa, uh, and they they yeah they do it within the space of like twenty to thirty minutes, and it all works. It's quite impressive. They even go back in time and do like this whole legacy narrative, reminding you like yeah you know there were other Black Panthers before T'Challa, and there'll be other Black Panthers after him. It's like an actual legacy identity. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, that's that's really cool that they did that. We could see like the other Black Panthers, uh, not obviously in costume or anything, but like their like spirits and everything. And yeah, that was pretty cool. Man, the spirit realm looked awesome with that like cool like washed out sky in this endless savanna where the spirits of the past take astral form as literal panthers in a giant tree. I thought that was really cool, and I like that it, is, it seems to be different for everyone. Because yes. we see T'Challa go through it, and then Eric go through it, and it's different for Eric. That's really cool. That's a really awesome touch. Very very artsy, but, like, good artsy. And here's the thing I didn't know. I read about this. Uh, the actor who plays young T'Chaka, his dad, the reason he looks so much like old T'Chaka is because that's that actor's son. Well, there you go. Again, brilliant <laughs> bit of casting, and like he 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 captures the cadence of the old guy perfectly. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. He's a son. Yeah, yeah. The, the casting, like it, for roles like that, was really good. They they had like in that in those same scenes, they had a young. Um, I'm blanking on his character's name, but uh, Forrest Whitaker's character. Oh, Zuri. As well. Yeah, and he looks exactly like Forrest Whitaker, except younger. Like a young Forrest Whitaker. It's, like, like, this movie had such good casting, like, I forgot Forrest Whitaker was in this one when he's just like, oh yeah, fucking Forrest Whitaker's in this. Damn. Well, well that's not just that. It's like, um, Eric's, Eric's father, um, blanking on his name as well. Oh, um, uh, Jabaku or something. Yeah, Jobu or some, something like that. Um, he's played by Sterling K. Brown. I never knew that guy was in this film. I love that actor. He's so good yeah, in the, everything he's in. Yeah, the name is familiar. What else has he been in? Uh, he was in that um, American Crime Story about O.J. Simpson. Oh, um, right. He's on a TV show at the moment called This Is Us. Um, he's been all over the place. 
Yeah, they basically just grabbed like, hey, here's every cool African American actor we could grab. Even a, even the the Rhino Master, the dude who kind of turncoats on uh, T'Challa, his friend, and you know the husband of one of the Dora Milaje guys. That's that's the dude from Get Out, right? Yeah, that's um. Oh, what's his name? Da- David Kalua. Yeah. Kalua. He, he's I think. Good. He's good in this, too. He has a very small part that he actually manages to fill with a lot of pathos, and even he has an arc. Yeah, every, everyone in this movie has an arc. Yeah, which is very hard to do in big, I, I say big summer blockbusters. We're not in summer anymore, but I mean, a Marvel movie is a summer blockbuster. They decide <laughs> when summer is. <laughs> they do. They they mark it on their calendar. Summer is now February. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, I was worried going into this. I'm like, man, I wonder how deep they're going to go on Black Panther lore. I bet they're not going to touch on the heart-shaped herb. That's just too weird. Oh, oh, heart-shaped herbs are a huge <laughs> part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, this is like the crux of like becoming the king and yeah. is a big part of it and everything. Yeah, very, very big part of it. In fact, you know, even even them talking about it's like, well, why is the heart-shaped herb as good as it is? Oh, because, you know, when the vibranium meteor fell to Earth, it affected the environment, which is why stuff got better. I'm like, wow, you're doing a really good job of explaining this. Yeah, that that thing at the start where you see it cut, like hit the, hit Africa and like sort of change the the five tribes and everything, and that was really cool. That's and I like that 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 story. It wasn't being told to to T'Challa. It was being told to Eric. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah, let's let's talk about Killmonger here for a second. Uh, for for one, Killmonger is not his name; it's his nickname his code name when he was in the the army or something it's it's his code name i like they talk about all the kills he racked up and i'm like you know killmonger i'm like why do i feel like that's his gamer tag that's his msn messenger name too <laughs> his email address from what he made when he was like 12 <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you can reach me at www.killmongerisgreat at live.com <laughs> but yeah so he, he I, I would say and again, you can agree or disagree on this one. Is Killmonger the most morally complex villain we've had in a Marvel movie up until now? Because we've had some ones who, like, you know, you kind of felt bad for here and there. Like, you know, uh, you felt kind of bad for Baron Zemo in Civil War. You felt bad for Loki to a point. You felt bad uh, for Hela for a, to a point. Yeah, he... He kind of is, yeah. He's he's up there with like Zemo and and like Vulture, and like all those characters as well. But yeah, he's he's pretty complex. They put a lot of work into his motivation, what drives him. Like heck, is he? I mean, his why he is what he is is kind of the crux of the movie. And what's funny is that you know the ideology that he's spouting here is that you know there's I, I have seen the suffering of the world because I lived outside Wakanda. You know you guys live high and mighty in your iron tower or your ivory tower when you could be helping other oppressed people all over the world, but you choose not to. That's that's the same ideology that Black Panther's girlfriend there was saying to him. The only difference is is she's like, hey, you know we should use our wealth and our technology to you know open schools and outreach centers and everything where our kill mongers like we should just kill everybody and take over 
yeah, we should just give vibranium, you know, weapons to gangs and like armies and stuff and just like kill everyone. Just have everyone kill everyone where it's like, hmm, I see where you're going with that. You had me at break the chains of the oppressed. You lost me. Let's just flood the streets with weapons. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's commit mass genocide. Yeah, you know, you lost me at world domination, but I was with you until then. Maybe, <laughs> maybe rework that speech a little bit, but yeah pretty morally complex and even in his big like final showdown with black panther even black panther feels bad for him and he's like look dude you know we could we could probably save you right only for him to utter the coldest most gangster shit (laughs) no bury me at sea like my ancestors who knew it was better to die than to live in bondage i'm like oh fuck Yeah, and then, then he kills himself. He pulls the spear from himself. <laughs> Look, normally I complain that the Marvel Cinematic Universe kills too many villains, but that's a baller-ass way to go. <laughs> In fact, that's that's almost more badass than T'Challa's thing when talking to Zemo in Civil War, when he's like, oh, the world of the living is not done with you yet. <laughs> Yeah, they had some really cool lines in this film. Uh, apparently that runs in the family, just cool <laughs> speeches. <laughs> but yeah, that that was good. Uh, oh, hey, we gotta talk about Shuri here. So, you know, Shuri's a character who's always existed in the comics. She's always kind of been a tag-along to Black Panther. She was Black Panther for a little bit. Uh, here, they kind of make her into Q to T'Challa's James Bond. Yep. Yeah, yeah. She's like the, the the go-to gadget woman of Wakanda. She supplies him with all these his costumes, his his cool little like marble things that control yeah, yeah. jet jets and everything and cars. What what a great theory for how technology works in Wakanda. Where it's like, yeah, they're an isolationist nation, so they wouldn't see like how other people built their shit. They would only ever make it be like very African looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a smart idea. Again, hats off to the prop department for really thinking what like this <laughs> Afro-futurist world would look like. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and, and no, I didn't come up with the word Afro-futuristic. That's a term they're already... That's a tra- word. <laughs> it, it's a word they're already trying to coin for this movie because it's like you've kind of never seen something like this before. <laughs> like they make Wakanda look believable and they make it look like a place where it's like, dude, I want to visit Wakanda. Yeah, I well, it's making all the money, so maybe we'll get like a Disneyland Wakanda, oh. Wakanda land. Oh my god, Disney! Stop whatever you're pumping into Avatar Land. <laughs> Fuck that noise, Wakanda for life. <laughs> Make Wakanda land at the. Are you afraid of? Announce that this week that you're making Wakanda land. Oh, that'd be so cool, though. <laughs> dude, dude, for a roller coaster, you could get into one of those cool jets and, like, that's the roller coaster. And then it, like, goes through the vibranium mine and that's, like, you know, your uh, your Pirates of the Caribbean bit. <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome. Oh, then you have an African adventure with the Battle Rhinos. <laughs> oh, the Battle Rhinos. That was so awesome. Man, I was not expecting Battle Rhinos when I went to this movie. I was pleasantly <laughs> surprised. Like, every movie now, when I grade it on a scale, did it have battle rhinos? No. Well, then it's not as good. Like, yeah, Avengers... yeah vib- vibranium-armored battle rhinos. L- like, look, man, Avengers Infinity War, them battle rhinos better come back or I'm digging you <laughs> Look, you were being attacked by Thanos in the Black Garden, you didn't bust out some battle rhinos? <laughs> They'd have no answer to that. No answer. 
Uh, oh, hey, uh, Andy Serkis was pretty fun in this, too, as Claw. Oh, my God, him back as Claw as, like, I wonder who they got to, like, mocap Andy Serkis. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Because no one is that good. It has to be an illusion. <laughs> oh, he, I, I, I'm sad. This is, this is like, the character death I'm really ashamed of because he should have still be alive because he was so good in this movie. He was just chewing the scenery. It's funny. Literally minutes before he died, I'm like, see, this is what you got to do. He's so much fun here because you set him up in Age of Ultron, and now he has this character journey of his own and everything. They should do this more with Minerville, and he's dead. Shit. Oh, no, he's been shot. <laughs> gotcha. Well, the, his death is left kind of open-ended. They shoot him off screen, and they could very easily be like, oh, like a Hydra or AIM found him, and they rebuilt him in the well, robot suit, like from the comics. Well, you know, they they could do that. They could give him, like, the sound wave uh, suit and everything, but, like, I think he is pretty much dead because Killmonger brought his body to Wakanda as, like, uh, proof yeah. that he, he killed him. And that's how he got that guy to turn on uh that's right. that's right that did happen shit okay well, well well here's the thing though uh thanos comes down with the reality gem during that <laughs> final fight and, and he digs his way out of the grave so we can have more andy circus <laughs> yeah i i want more andy circus mainly because i want him to give that soundcloud file out <laughs> that too where it's like hey what are you this is quite the entourage there do you have a mixtape yeah send him the soundcloud link oh my god he actually does have a mixtape <laughs> What, 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 what hot, fresh South African rhymes is he laying down with his mixtape? <laughs> In Job, Joburg life. Oh, God. I, 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 yeah. hope, I hope he does a duet with Die Antwood, because they're also from that part of the world. Just about, I was just about to say, he gets Ninja on that. <laughs> Enter the Ninja and Yolandi also. <laughs> oh, 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 you know what? There's, there's a great story uh, uh, from Black Panther lore, like, really early on, uh, where he, like, tries to help out his South African friends who are suffering under apartheid. They need to cast Yolanda and Ninja to be the evil South Africans <laughs> for the Black Panther sequel. <laughs> and again, much like Chappie, you won't change a thing. They'll just show up in their own clothes and they'll just show up and just be yeah. themselves. Yeah, yeah, you'll just like have a camera rolling. <laughs> just rolling all the time and that will be the sequel. Oh, man. Uh, man, the, so the, the Dora Milaje have a lot to do in this movie. They really go to town on that spear fighting, and they do some cool shit. Oh my god, the Dora Milaje was so awesome in this. The the main one, uh, Okio? Yes, I think so. I think her name is. Yeah, she she as well gets a, a character arc. Boy, does she ever. And man, yeah. the, I, I, I never thought that, you know, two great tastes that taste great together. Car chase, spear fight. And you, you know what's like crazy, and I had no idea about this. That the the main one, Okio, is also also plays Michonne on The Walking Dead, I and like yeah, know. I didn't know. I'm like her performances in these two things are like night and day. I'm like she's terrible on The Walking <laughs> Dead, but here she's absolutely amazing. Yeah, geez, take away her hair. Apparently, it's like a reverse <laughs> Samson. You cut it. And then it's a whole thing. I, I like, too, uh, Black Panther's relationship with his ex in this movie. I think that's a really grounding, really humanizing thing where it's like, yeah, it's about a guy trying to be king and magic metal and, you know, intrigue and CSI conspir or, uh, CIA conspiracies and everything. 
but it, when you really break it down, it's just a dude trying to be like, hey, me and my ex, can we get this going again? I feel like we left on bad terms. <laughs> uh, that that's yeah, kind of the very yeah. like human thing of it. Yeah, yeah, I like I liked his um his uh interactions with uh Lupita Nyong'o's character and yeah. how she's like the 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 Wakandan spy and everything caught up in the middle of everything and yeah the the, the war dogs which they give a name that's they're from the comics but they're not called that they have another very complicated Swahili name yeah now that uh, that whole barcode under the lip thing I don't think that's from the comics but if they made that up that's pretty clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can't remember ever seeing anything like that, but yeah, I thought felt that was pretty cool. If if it's from a thing, it's a thing I never read. Yeah, yeah. But that's still a pretty sweet idea to be like, oh, how do we know you're from Wakanda? Bleh, that's how. <laughs> glowy lips. Glowy lips. Oh, that man's got the glowy lips. I mean, I guess I guess he's in. <laughs> you can't fake glowy lips. Like, oh, you can't. You just eat like a like a a glow rod. <laughs> just. <laughs> It, uh, it was really great, too, to see Martin Freeman as Everett K. Ross get to have such a big role in this because Ross was, of course, created by Christopher Priest in a Black Panther comic, so it's nice to see him hanging out here. Yeah, I, I think Google uh, took a lot of the inspiration from Christopher Priest stuff on Black Panther. Oh, yeah. Obviously, with with Ross in there as well and everything in like his character actually getting to do something. Though, the one thing that... like kind of irked me about that near the end of the movie he just kind of disappears yeah he did like 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 after after he he does the the whole flying thing he just he's not in the movie until that end credit scene yeah he just and and then ross wandered away (laughs) yeah (laughs) let's face he probably wanted to get out of wakanda because they're like look dude you know way too much about what goes on here (laughs) look we're gonna go meet the world but even still you know way too much (laughs) <laughs> how how about you stay here as our guest for the next couple years <laughs> but 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 i did like how he was included in this like how it sort of affected like his role in from uh civil war where he helped t'challa get what he wanted in that and t'challa helps him in this when he yes. gets hit by that shrapnel and everything and sort of pays him back for that which leads to one of my favorite lines in the movie, too. Oh, yeah, Wakanda, this is where we fix broken white boys. And I'm like, ah, she's talking about the Winter Soldier. <laughs> yeah, who we see in the end credits scene, and he's called the White Wolf. Yes, which is a hell of a reference. White Wolf is a character in Black Panther. He's like the son, uh, he's the orphaned son of missionaries who King T'Chaka basically adopted as a kid. And he becomes like Waka- he becomes Wakandan Loki more or less, where he has like a tense relationship with T'Challa because he loves Wakanda, but he knows he'll never be king because he's never accepted. Honestly, they give a lot of that to Killmonger. Yeah, it seems they like they might be just like retcon or redoing those um, origins for Bucky and maybe giving him like a little something else to do now that he's got rid of all like the winter soldier stuff it sort of transitions over into the white wolf he's now like he's literally a white wolf in Mm. in wakanda and everything and becomes maybe a protector of them or something or maybe maybe because that uh the leader of the war dogs uh david kalua's character is out of the picture maybe he becomes the leader of the war dogs there you go because in the comics the white wolf headed the war dogs or the secret police of Wakanda. so yeah there's a job for you bucky you can hang out there you <laughs> you you can have a cool suit that's basically just black panthers but white and with a cape yeah 
I, I like that 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 like um, robes that he was in were like the colors of like his classical costume, yeah. the red and the blue. Yeah, that was a very nice touch. That was uh, that was fun. Yeah, you can hang out there in Wakanda until we decide if Chris Evans wants to keep doing it or not. <laughs> we'll we'll just keep you here, Sebastian Stan. Hell, when we inevitably make Black Panther two, how would you like to guest in this? Yeah, that'd be like a really cool thing for Marvel to do now. Like in in the sequels, they had like how like Thor Ragnarok had had the Hulk tag along, yeah. and like in the Iron Man films, we've had like Rhodey, and in Cap, we've had like Hawkeye and and Black Widow and everything. In Black Panther, we get like the winter soldier or white wolf because because why not because like hey let's just let's let's just throw some guys together and see what happens <laughs> who who has the best chemistry let's just make it happen. exactly exactly and again too it's like i don't think i've ever read a story that had a uh, winter soldier and uh black panther working together as buddy buddies but that's that's an interesting road trip i'd watch that yeah that'd be that'd be a fun one that'd be a fun one to see uh, you know, th- there's a lot of great themes you can dissect from Black Panther, and that's always probably one of my favorite things, you know, when watching a movie, you know, how, how instantly thematic is it? I think if you broke this one down, it's ultimately a kind of, like, love letter, thumbs up to the idea of open borders, is the thing. T'Challa even says at the end, you know, in times of need, you know, wise men build bridges where unwise men build barriers, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it kind of is. Yeah, it's about like kind of breaking, like tradition a yeah. little bit. Because it's yeah. like, hey, the reason Killmonger got all fucked up the way he did is because we basically created a culture that told him he would never belong, and that you know he would never get to join his people in the sun. Maybe we should stop doing that. Yeah, because yeah, if we we've seen what that causes, so yeah. let's stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not do those things, everyone. Let's let's try and be a nation that helps people. You know, let's let's <laughs> let, let's do that. And man, pretty topical in this day and age. Would you not agree? Mm. I I don't know. I, if, would. I don't know if they intended that, but boy, does it come across, and boy, <laughs> is it resonating with people. Yeah, that yeah, that's like the reason why it's making so much money because it has really strong themes that are relevant. Yeah, and when people look back on that on Black Panther, you know, like five years from now, they'll be like, "Man, that was a good time capsule of what was going on in 2018." Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, really, what uh, what else can we say about it? Uh, there wasn't really a ton of Easter eggs, which again I appreciated about it. Where it's like, yeah, you know, you're telling your story, you're building your world. Supposedly, there were some Easter eggs that they cut from it. Uh, supposedly, Coogler wanted Craven the Hunter to be part of this, but had to cut yeah. that out. That would have been like a that would have been something I imagine would happen at the start with that yeah. where he, where he went and saved Lupita Nyong'o's character. Yeah. Like Craven was like that that convoy's leader or something. Yeah, just just some oh. weird crazy Russian guy with a porn mustache comes out. <laughs> I am the greatest hunter. You are no match for Kravenov Punch. <laughs> oh no! I will go to New York and hunt teenage spider. That is the only thing I can do. <laughs> Ne- never will I show my face in Africa again. I sh- I sure hope my brother the chameleon isn't watching this. Remember that? Remember that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, supposedly Craven was supposed to be in it. You're right. Probably that moment there, and supposedly Isaiah Bradley was supposed to be in it as well. Yeah, I'm uh, not sure where he would have been. Maybe. Maybe in Korea or something, see, helping I, him or something. See, I feel he was going to be the kid, actually, at the very end of the movie. 
Oh yeah, yeah. I think that was gonna be it, where it's like, oh, and what, and, and what is your name, young man? Isaiah, Isaiah Bradley, uh, aka the grandson of the Black Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just stops and just tells you that, just to make sure you're just, just you're to up make to date. Sure, just to make sure the people in the cheap seats get that, where it's like, <laughs> okay, now ask the chubby white nerd next to you, and he'll tell you who Isaiah Bradley is. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 see, he was a founding member of the Young Avengers, and he's uh, he's the grandson of the Black Captain America. Oh yeah, you, you didn't know there was a Black Captain America. That uh, that was the story they told, very very deeply tied to the Tuskegee experiments and everything. And they, you know, before before they even gave it to Chris Evans, they gave it to this other guy. But then they got scared of him and locked him up. It's a whole thing. It's a good story. Go read it. <laughs> ironically in the same theater they showed like a trailer beforehand for infinity war and two guys behind me were like yeah i don't like uh, scarlett johansson with blonde hair as black widow and i wanted to pipe up and be like well you see it's actually a reference to the second black widow <laughs> because you got to remember black widow is in hiding after civil war so she probably <laughs> changed her hair color and probably took uh took the name uh on a rasputin of the of, of, of the other black widow so there's probably gonna be a whole thing in there <laughs> best nerd ever <laughs> yeah but yeah this movie is good then like as we were saying like there is comedy in the film and it's it's used sparingly and it's used very well. I think there's there's two jokes that I didn't like, and the good thing is it appears to be the two jokes that everyone doesn't like. Okay, okay yeah, okay. Let's talk about this because I remember you were saying that they used an out of date meme joke. Which which out of date meme joke did they use? Did I not catch that? <laughs> Shuri literally points at at T'Challa's sandals and goes, "What are those?" <laughs> oh, see, I don't even know that meme, so that went completely over my head. Yeah, and then later on when they're in South Korea and um, Okio's got her wig on, I think it's Lupita Nyong'o's character that says, tells her to whip her hair back and forth. Oh, okay, that one I got. Okay, yeah. I, okay, that one cracked a smile. That was not a laugh. And I'm like, oh, oh, I can see when this movie was written then that whip your hair back and <laughs> yeah. forth was a thing. Yeah, and say with what is what are those? They Oh, when they were filming that, that was probably very big. That was probably, again, you see... No more when jokes like that don't land. You know how long it actually takes to make a movie. That was cutting edge when they put that in. Yeah, yeah. But they're like the only two jokes that like didn't land in my theater. Everything else, like like that, like in that in that same scene where where um Shuri showcases like the EMP burst on the suit and he gets her to kick kick the suit. Yeah, <laughs> that that was hilarious. Don't kick my suit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to assure that they really make a solid point of showing how much younger she is than T'Challa. It's like, oh, she's the lone millennial voice in this, even later when they go to America. And she's like, when you said we were going to California, I thought we were going to Coachella, maybe Disneyland, but you take me <laughs> yeah. to Inglewood, seriously. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's good. That's good stuff. That's that's good teen girl dialogue. Yeah, yeah. It, her character was really good. And all I could think is like, man, you know, I hope they keep her around too, because you know, again, Shuri in the comics actually does become queen and actually does become Black Panther for a little bit. Yeah, and she and she did have a um, uh, a little bit to do at the end as well. Mm, indeed, she did. In, in the final battle. Yes, everyone had a lot to do in that final battle. That final battle was stacked. Again, I make the Lord of the Rings comparison because it really was. Oh, yeah, it was like everyone and their rhino. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> you, you got to love the moment, too, where like when the man-ape tribe shows up to help 
And after earlier on in the movie being like, oh, you know, your fancy high-tech weaponry has coddled you. Only in the mountains have we learned to master big, heavy things on sticks. <laughs> That's their strategy. Hit with sticks. Hit with sticks. <laughs> and it works. Yeah, it, it worked. It worked from. No one expected to be hit by a stick that day. <laughs> it's it's cool too in the visual language of the Black Panther movie. They're like, hey, here's all the different sub tribes. They all have a different job. Here are the plane guys. Here are the minor guys. You know, here are the mountain guys, and they all have different uniforms that denote what job they have. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was that was pretty cool. That's what's called good visual storytelling. Yeah, and they even do like 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 with Manape, they they couldn't call him Manape, but they do like when he when he fights T'Challa in that like uh, vie for the crown sort of thing, they give him like a uh, like a um, a gorilla mask. It's a nice touch, yeah. And how they're all yeah. being all over the place doing their big war cries, and how he yeah. really doesn't like Everett K. Ross. You stop <laughs> talking, or I'll feed you to my children. I'm joking. We're all vegetarians here. <laughs> uh, he was so good. He really was, man. Just great comedic timing on that. Also, it goes understated, but in the final shot when uh, Black Panther comes back and he's king again at the end of the movie, M'Baku is clearly there with all the other representatives of the other tribe. So, I mean, they let him join the council. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I think they would have to after he saved your ass. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, th I think yeah, he's going to be part of it. I know he's going to be in Infinity War, so That's yeah. Good. I like that, too, where it's like, you know, Black Panther has to learn to live the lesson that Killmonger and his girlfriend were talking about, where it's like, you know, you're you're not king's past. If you want to start making a better world and letting people in, you need to start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and again, you know, we're talking about how great the supporting cast is. I mean, Chadwick Boseman, man, you know, we've said before that that dude, you know, is a movie star in the making, and he really, really shows his, you know, leading man quality in this. Oh yeah, they gotta make like him and Michael B. Jordan like give him like all the roles. Yeah, really give, give all the roles. <laughs> give, give them a special Oscar just for being you know <laughs> just just for like doing what on paper I'm sure would be like a crazy role. It's like okay, so yeah, I'm a warrior king, prophet, superhero, and like and and he's working an accent for the whole movie too. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's not actually how he talks, Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he's got to do that as well as act. And he doesn't break, he doesn't fuck up with it. He does a very good job holding the accent where everyone else, it's like, no, we actually do kind of talk like this or many of the other people actually do talk like that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's very good. Also, hey, getting some real African languages in there too and everything. Not being afraid to use subtitles and this is another big one, not being afraid to go quiet for a long stretch of mm -hmm. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they're very quiet parts of the movie, which are really good. They they added to it, and that usually in scenes like that, they it's kind of like slows it down, mm. but it never never did. No, I I respect them, and I'm sure that was a fight with the studio on that. It's like okay, so I want to have this really quiet, really reflective moment where you know either Killmonger uh, revisits his past. Or, you know, where T'Challa, you know, really reflects on what's going on and everything. I'm sure any studio would be like, no, that's going to bore people. Put an action scene in there. Put this in here. Put a joke in there. Only be like, no, 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 no. It needs to be this. Yeah. Also, they, they kind of like what they did in Civil War and everything. They brought back, like, the big title cards yes. where, like, where, like, they were in London or something. I hope they do that with more of the movies. I like that. Yeah. 
Oh, ooh, the London scene. That was a fun one, too, where they kind of have the a great establishing bit of Killmonger, your villain, and how he thinks about the world just fucking over an English museum, being like, I'm going to be taking that. Now, oh, they're not for sale, sir. No, I'm going to steal them like how you stole all of them from other cultures. <laughs> oh, fuck, you've got me there. <laughs> I, I kept thinking of that John Oliver bit where he's like, you know, I'm English and this is how I learned math. If Liam has two artifacts and little Dinesh has one artifact, how many artifacts is Liam going to have? <laughs> don't don't worry, Liam. You can visit them in the English Museum whenever you're in town. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, m morally complex bad guys. I, I hope to see more of those. Yeah, I hope to as well. Yeah, so I mean, do we have really anything else to say about Black Panther? Uh, oh, the soundtrack. The soundtrack was bitching. Oh my god, yeah. The soundtrack was really good. And then like the... The original soundtrack, the orchestral score, is really good. And I said this on Twitter. I thought it was going to be a very uh, regal, very royal sort of themed thing, given like who the character we're doing, dealing with. But we got a really like heroic uh, superhero yeah. sort of themes and everything, which I didn't expect. Yeah, a lot of mix of everything. You know, it's very bumping, very driving. You get the traditional African music to which I've heard way too many critics compared to The Lion King, where it's like, come on, guys, seriously, you've only, you've only seen one movie with African music in it. You're not, you're not going to say The Gods Must Be Crazy. You're not going to say Lady Smith, Black Mombasa. You, you're really going to bring up Lion King on this one? Look, I know he visits his ghost father in the afterlife. <laughs> and he gets betrayed by not an uncle but a friend. But come on, guys, leave, leave The Lion King <laughs> comparisons at home, please. <laughs> just for this one but also but disney's also like but seriously go go see our live action lion king movie when we make one <laughs> we, we're really excited about that but yeah the, the music like even stuff i wouldn't expect to be good like hey here's some hardcore korean gangster rap because why not <laughs> yeah why not yeah and here's like some other songs you know it was kendrick lamar who did the music for this or oversaw a lot of the song choices yeah, and th they did have a composer, and it was a composer who's worked on, like, all of um, Kugler's other stuff right. as well. So, he, yeah, he used a lot of, like, the people he used on, like, Creed mm. and Fruitville Station and everything. Solid, solid work from them. And Oh, man, I'm so glad you mentioned Creed there. Did you see the poster that's going around for Creed 2 now, which I'm even more excited to see? No, what is it? Uh, it's literally, uh, it, it, it's the thing we joke pitched about, like, uh, when the movie first came out. It's Rocky and Adonis Creed versus Ivan Drago and Drago's son. <laughs> God. Yeah, which, again, it's a movie that writes itself, because think about it. Ivan Drago killed Adonis' father in the ring. Rocky shamed him and ended communism. And if you know anything about actual history... Failed sports celebrities were treated very shitty when they returned to Russia. So I'm sure he's been like stewing in a gulag this whole time, just waiting for the day he can raise his son to get revenge on Balboa. <laughs> and again, the, they could take that into some interesting directions, especially, you know, Adonis Creed being like, look, you don't need to be your father. I learned that lesson in the last movie and now I can help you. That'd be pretty cool. But of course, because we need to have a boxing match at the end, it'll be like, yes, I will fight you because I want to fight you, not because he told me to. <laughs> and hey, and, and like we found out Dolph Lundgren is actually a really good actor when he's given material, so. 
Yeah, yeah, he'll probably be doing very well in that film. Make like actually make Rocky like come face to face with like the stuff that he's done, and maybe been like, oh yeah, maybe I was a bit of a douche back then, and maybe maybe Rocky Four <laughs> really is kind of fucked up. <laughs> Imagine that using like one of the one of the weaker sequels as a jumping off point for an interesting sequel. <laughs> Uh, hey man, Brian Kugler can do it. I'm sure he can. And then I hope for Creed 3 he fights the ghost of Clubber Lang. Because <laughs> li- Clubber Lang is literally one of my favorite movie villains ever. A, <laughs> a he's Mr. T. B, he's very sexually aggressive. Come on, woman! <laughs> and then he and then he, then he he fights that robot he bought poorly. Oh. That goes insane. It turns into Ultron. Oh, there you go. Well, see, and then we got to cross over Creed and Black Panther at some point too. <laughs> it's the it's instead of the rumble in the jungle, it's the rumble in Wakanda, where they have to go there for some sort of boxing match. Oh, Rocky and, in in Rocky in Wakanda. Yes, and that way Rocky can join the Marvel Cinematic Universe and cross them over. And then he has to have a crossover with with um. Starhawk oh, with yeah. Stallone's character from Guardians of the Galaxy. And we'll split screen it so they're both talking to each other. Hey, you gotta look like me. Hey, you gotta look like me too. Hey, you wanna come to space, Rocky? Yes, I do. Let's go on an adventure and punch some scrolls. <laughs> and then Rocky doesn't actually die. He just goes to space to hang out with Starhawk. <laughs> Rocky's not dead, he's just at the center of the sun fixing it. He'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, everyone, on that note of madness, I think we can bring the show to a close. Yes, yes, we can. Uh, Anything coming up, Matt, that you want to tell anyone about? Anything you got planned? Uh, I do have some things planned. I haven't fully ironed them out yet, but they'll be coming up within the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye out for them. Uh, I have a couple things, too, coming out. Obviously, uh, early March, uh, either March 8th or the 9th, the Saturday or the Sunday, I haven't decided yet. I will be at EGLX. That's the Enthusiast uh, Gaming Life Expo in Toronto. It's out by the airport. It's put on by Destructoid. You can see myself walking around there. There's also other prominent YouTubers like uh, Lyle Rath. And uh, I think Pro Jared and Normal Boots are going to be there, too. It's my first ever game convention. Really excited to that. Want to try out some VR because I haven't tried out any VR before. Sounds good. Yeah, I will be filming that. Obviously, you can see that on the channel very soon. And also, uh, this Saturday, again, I haven't ironed it out yet, but I might be at the Royal Theater in Toronto for the big premiere of, uh, well, not big premiere, but it's a premiere of uh, of Wish Fart, the brand new Canadian animated series. <laughs> That I talked about uh, to great detail when the show came out, both on this show and on Twitter. And apparently, I'm the biggest booster of this one on the internet. So they're like, hey, Joel, do you want to come to the premiere? I'm like, I've never been invited to a premiere before. So yeah, yeah, I do. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I'm I'm always reminded of that bit. Uh, what is it? That Groucho Marx bit where it's like, you know, any I, I wouldn't want to join any club that would have me as a member. I don't know if I want to go to any premiere that would invite me. <laughs> I'm kind of a new one. I will try and film that, but because it's like cast, crew, and their friends and family, I don't know how much of it I can film. I'd like to get an interview with uh with Josh uh, Hazelnut, obviously not his real name, but uh, him. 
and a couple of the other people, they're big muckamucks in the animation world, in the voice acting world. Uh, do you remember that game, uh, Dust and Odyssey or whatever? Uh, yep, yep. It was an indie game from a while back. Uh, one of the guys who worked on Wishfart worked on that. Well, he was the guy, because Dust and Elysian Tale was just one dude. Okay. But he's, like, the voice director on this, so I'd actually like to meet him and be like, Dude, I played your game. Your game was pretty sick. <laughs> <laughs> you also did all the voices yourself. That was pretty sick. <laughs> also, hey, Canadian animation community, I have a voice. I can kind of act. Yeah, just uh, throw me some work, eh? Yeah, so I can give me some work. That's 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 the big reason I'm going to Gladhand and ask for work. <laughs> Look, I will I will literally do anything. I will read anything into a microphone you ask me to. <laughs> I already do it for a living. Let me come to a studio and say some things. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it nine times. Uh, but yes, on that note, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. As always, if you're a patron, you'll get to listen to this first before anyone else as soon as the show is done. Promise next week we'll be back to doing this at a regular time. I know we've been late two <laughs> weeks in a row. Sorry, completely out of our control. We'll get back to that. Also, I'll try and figure out why the audio version keeps cutting off for Patreon sometimes. Okay, I don't under, I don't know why it does that, but it's my fault. I think it's the way I'm rendering because I have it set up to be rendering game footage, and I think when I put audio in it, it kind of fucks with it. Okay. I don't know why it cuts off the last couple of minutes. That's weird. Yeah. But your video versions are fine, Matt, and people can find that <laughs> also on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. That's only twelve dollars a year, everybody. Support us. That's make pretty sure good. Matt, yeah. pretty good. Yeah, support us. Make sure Matt gets paid. You know, make sure <laughs> that the podcast is listenable over on SoundCloud where you can download everything the day after. I usually put that up Thursday for you guys yeah. to listen to if you want to carry it around. Uh, check out Matt and Mai's Facebook. Go subscribe to Matt on Fortress of Solitude if you haven't. You can follow me on Twitter at KJulie. You can follow Matt there on his twitter so you always know what we're doing next and uh that's uh that's about it right matt that's uh that's that's all the shilling done that's pretty much it yeah all right <laughs> so that's the, so that's the show for this week everyone we hope you really enjoyed it and we'll be back again next week talking about more stuff so until then i've been joel i'm matt bye bye everybody bye